Welcome to Insights On Demand, a podcast from Business Talent Group, where we discuss the latest developments in the future of work and other pressing business issues. Today, we're excited to present a conversation between Adam Zellner, BTG's Vice President of Enterprise and Corporate Development, and Niha Chengul, a group sourcing manager at Microsoft, who previously worked as a management consultant at AT Kearney. Since joining Microsoft six years ago, Niha has served in various procurement roles and now leads the company's freelance services program. As the freelance services program manager, Niha is responsible for setting the program strategy and ensuring successful adoption and execution within Microsoft. He joins us today to share his expertise on how leading enterprises can follow Microsoft's example to successfully embed and scale their use of on-demand talent and freelancers across the organization. Here are Adam and Niha. Welcome to the podcast, Nihad. It's great to catch up with you today. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're thrilled to have you. And I think our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of what you have to say today. You've been part of a really impressive program, the Freelance Services Program. Microsoft stands out as one of the first companies to truly embrace freelance and on-demand talent at the enterprise level. I mean, when you look at the performance of the program, thousands of successful projects under your belt, yeah, it's really quite impressive. Yeah, thanks a lot. We are trying to do our best. If we take a step back, what prompted Microsoft to create a formal on-demand talent program to source and deploy freelance talent? Yeah, I guess one of the things that I really like about our program is, is that its development has been very organic in the sense that two and a half years ago or so, a group of people from different parts of the company came together and saw the opportunity that gig economy or freelance services can offer and thought about how can we think about this potential opportunity specifically through Microsoft's lens of how we think about external talent, how we think about approaching external talent from an ethical, responsible, and compliant perspective, and how we can build a platform around this so that Microsoft users are not necessarily reinventing the wheel as they would like to get involved into gig economy. So two and a half years ago, this group came together and brought the fundamental pillars of our program that is in operation right now. And I guess one of the key things that is making this program strong and going forward strong as well was that back then, that initial group sat down and thought about the principles of the program as one of the first steps. And they thought about, okay, what should be guiding us as we move forward? So I guess that that's one of the reasons why, why we are seeing both early adoption and strong growth over time for Microsoft when it comes to freelance services. That's great. And you mentioned the principles that were mapped out by the initial group that sat down two and a half years ago. Are you able to share some of what those guiding principles are for Microsoft's freelance services program? Absolutely. They are three fundamentally. One is we are definitely business aligned, the first principle. It means that we have a data-driven approach and we want this effort to be driven by, by the business needs. It's not just a theoretical approach uh, based on potential value levers. We want to make sure that we are in sync with business in terms of finding specialized skills for different business needs or how we can scale up and down. That's a critical principle for us. And the second one is Obviously, we want to be talent obsessed. And when I say talent obsessed as a company whose mission is to empower like every person in every organization in the world to achieve more, we want to do the same thing for our internal users too. So we want to be talent obsessed 
so that first we meet talent where it is, right? Because you cannot assume that in <laughs> like in 2020, where the digital transformation is happening, you cannot expect that every talent group will come and find Microsoft, especially in a world where the talent that Microsoft is fighting for is definitely hard to reach. We want to be talent obsessed and meet the talent where it is so that we can enable our internal users to achieve more. And of course, last but not least, we want to be in the freelance services economy, gig economy uh, in the industry from an ethical and responsible perspective. That's, that's pretty critical for us. We understand the concerns around gig economy. We understand what we can contribute to freelance services and gig economy as a big player in this field. So we want to be super mindful and proactive when it comes to being ethical and responsible. It's helpful to understand those principles. And it has me thinking, you know, what's your role in making the program successful across those dimensions, alignment with business, ensuring access to talent against every project need that may come in, and also making sure that you're making ethical, responsible decisions throughout the growth of the program. What, what, what's your role day to day in administrating the program and also looking ahead at strategically how to grow Microsoft's role within the freelance economy? Yeah, definitely. If I summarize, I do two things. Think about the future of the program from a strategic perspective and be mindful about it. And secondly, think about the program itself and specific partnerships that we have in the program and create awareness and adoption with our different partners within the company. And also think about efficiency and effectiveness of the program that we run. And when I say efficiency, what I mean is people can come at Microsoft and open purchase orders, and then they can get their stuff done pretty quickly without much friction, right? Like that's pretty critical. And also when I say effectiveness, making sure that we are keeping a close eye on what the program delivers and continues to deliver in terms of the value livers um, that we have identified. Well, I guess one of the things that I like about the job that I have right now, um, as I mentioned, is this looking at what the, the future of the program can be. Can we think about different geographies? Can we think about different partners? Can we think about different use cases? And how can we customize solutions for different business needs? That is definitely one of the fun parts of what I do. You brought up the awareness. We hear often that it can be challenging sometimes to uh, help people understand where, when, and how to use on-demand talent or, or freelancers. I guess getting more tactical, what role do you play on the awareness component? And if you could sprinkle in, what have you run into? Some of the maybe hurdles that come up that, that might be associated with some misconceptions of what freelancers and, and on-demand talent can be used for. Yeah, it is one of those things that you have to be really mindful because Many times we reach out to or talk to our internal users to explain what freelance services is and what freelance services program within Microsoft is and how we are approaching that. But of course, when you talk to a large group of people, you are getting, especially at Microsoft, because we are a microcosm of society, every combination and permutation of the, the knowledge level that people have about freelance services. Some people really know a lot about it and they understand what it is, what it is not, uh, and how our program can help or not. And in some other cases, 
the concerns that everyone has about gig economy and freelance services or what it can do, what it cannot do, or what it is, what it is not, becomes pretty clear and guides the discussion. So really in, in those awareness and adoption discussions, sometimes it is very easy and immediately gets into the discussion of, okay, what is the business problem here and how one of our partners can help pretty quickly, either to scale up or find a specialized skill set very quickly. But in some other discussions, it really gets into details around how our program works and what are the controls that are in place so that there is no additional risk is taken or so that we are make sure that the talent is treated the best way it is possible and whatever other concerns that people might have. So it, it is um, on that spectrum, conversations differ on a day-to-day basis and, and depending on who knows what. Well, as you talked about in the awareness and adoption piece, IDing the business problem and helping to make a connection between what the business user might be facing or trying to navigate with the right marketplace, the right freelance solution. It makes me think, you know, you spent five years as a consultant at AT Kearney before joining Microsoft. How does that background or that skill set help you in your current role managing the freelance services program? I guess I'm in a lucky position that working for AT Kearney as a consultant for a long time, it helps me quite a bit. But I guess another thing that helps me quite a bit is being at Microsoft. I don't know where I have heard about this before, but they say, like, if you want to know about an industry, go and be a consultant. If you want to know about a company, then work for that company. So now I have the perspective of both and both unique perspectives in my day-to-day business helps me quite a bit. And how it unfolds, the best way to sort of explain it is, is that because I know how the consulting machine, so to speak, works. I can see what are the areas we can pull the levers in terms of the impact areas. And when I say impact, I'm talking about cost effectiveness and onboarding resources. Coming from AT Kearney perspective really gives me the landscape, how the consulting engagements work and where the value comes from, as well as understanding what Microsoft users are trying to get out of any given engagement, and how they are also thinking about the Microsoft Microsoft constraints or opportunities. And when I say Microsoft constraints and opportunities, I'm uh, at eye level thinking about uh, what what might be some of the budget constraints, what might be some of the product-related deadlines that need to be met, or any other priorities that might be out there. So I am in a beneficial position to marry the opportunities and constraints and understanding the inner workings of consulting helps me to advise our internal users in a more customized fashion. And I guess that is what the business users are really expecting. In that answer, you mentioned multiple dimensions of value that can be derived from freelance engagements. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you mentioned efficiencies you know, sort of as you're scaling and building the infrastructure of a program, considering the efficiencies and how folks will interact with the program itself. Could you spend a couple minutes sharing how you track success of a program like this and maybe how you prioritize different facets of value and even the metrics you use? Right. As I mentioned, when the program was first created, when we sat down and and thought about what we want to get out of that program, I guess one of the good conversations that evolved into what we are tracking right now is, is that we said, okay, the key value areas appear to be accessing to talent faster than normal, which is speed of onboarding, which we track right now. And that is basically how long it takes from the moment of 
a user is engaging our program to the moment of starting to work with external talent, like how long it takes and what is our improvement over time with our partners. That's one uh, that we are tracking, speed of onboarding. The other one is obviously cost effectiveness. And, and that's I believe, pretty, uh, pretty straightforward as well. And we are also definitely looking at the quality of the output. But these are high level impact areas that we look at on a day-to-day basis. Our freelance service program is almost three years old, but in general, these programs are relatively new. So we are clicking one more level down and looking at some of the operational indicators pretty closely too. Obviously, we are looking at our spend, spend growth, and um, which are the groups that are using. But we are also trying to track what we call our funnel approach. From the moment when we engage someone, a Microsoft user, how long it takes to convert someone to post a job or to utilize our program. We also look at retention. Someone might come, use our program, but then might go away. But what is the percentage of people who are staying and continuing to use our program, you're looking at those metrics pretty quickly, just to better understand how that user journey is from very beginning till the end is happening and what are some of the areas people are dropping or not necessarily continuing. So uh, those are some of the more detailed um, metrics that we are looking into. Of course, I mean, <laughs> we even go further down and geek out on, on <laughs> even some more <laughs> metrics, like how long it takes a, a user to post a job and those kinds of things. But of course, we are definitely focusing on and prioritizing the key impact areas and, and keeping a close eye on speed of onboarding, cost effectiveness, and the quality of work that is delivered. I mean, it's obviously a very data-driven approach, and there's multiple levers to pull. How do you see the role of a sponsor like yourself in an enterprise role in terms of the level of engagement with the marketplace or the platform that you might be partnering with? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. One of the things that I want to highlight is, is that the, the main value that a centralized program like the one that we have delivers to people is generating clarity. The moment we think about freelance services as a solution itself, as the solution, or the moment that we think about one partner as the solution to any given business need, is I believe not the right way of looking at things. Freelance services is a sourcing solution and we need to contextualize things and generate clarity for the business, right? Because it is, if you think about all of the sourcing solutions as a toolbox, freelance services is one tool in that toolbox. So the role of our program, the centralized program, is really that we need to be in a position to make it crystal clear for users where the solution fits and what is the value for them in line with what I have mentioned before in terms of cost, speed, and quality, in addition to providing like compliance solution for people to engage the freelance economy. For that reason, when we work with our partners, I think what is really crystal clear is, is that it should look like one program, not like Microsoft has a program and within that program, they have this supplier, that supplier, and that supplier. That just creates more complexity for users. It should be freelance services program. I have a need, I can go there and I'll be served. And I'm ensured that I'm compliant and I, I will get the best talent then that unlocks users to 
come to our program and come to our partners back in that matter, because they will be like, this is really clear for me when to go to freelance services and when to use them, because I'm super clear about the value levers. And I also know what their processes and how they serve me. They will take care of even which, which partner to go and find this right talent for us. So that elimination of cognitive load from users actually gives them the biggest benefit. And that's, that's how I see our program and also our partners coming together and being harmonious rather than being seen as different players in the game. How do you see Microsoft's program or, or use of freelance talent evolving in the future? And I, I think if we would have scheduled this two and a half, three months ago, it might have been a slightly different answer. Now that everybody is working from home and, and what we are seeing with the current you know, health and economic uh, challenges and uncertainty out there, that might shift your answer. Yeah, I guess you, if you asked that question to me two months ago, my answer would have been a little bit different. But with the recent developments, um, I think it's going to be interesting to wait a little longer and see a little bit more. Again, my answer two months ago would be that we see as we inform our users better and make our program easier to use for them and serve them better and explain the value levers better to them and what cases can help them quite a bit. It really makes sense a lot. And we see more and more people come in at least testing what the program can offer and the word is spreading, right? And we are also grounded in the reality that freelance services is one solution. Again, going back to that point, one solution in the sourcing toolbox, and it may not be the right solution for each and every case. I was definitely observing an organic growth and better understanding and increased interest and use. With the recent developments with COVID-19, of course, there has been discussion like, well, remote work and is this increasing the freelance services used more? People are definitely trying to get into a better rhythm when it comes to remote work itself. Um, That is definitely what we observe, but I think To say that freelance services economy adoption, both internally and and for the industry for that matter, will be accelerated. I guess it is a little bit earlier to say that. It will depend on a little bit more on, I think, to see what is the overall impact of COVID-19 in economy and um, the increase of people signing up to be a freelancer, as well as potential budget constraints that companies might have down the road, I think it will be a combination of a few different factors to really see what is the impact of like COVID-19 when it comes to adoption of freelance services. COVID-19, is it breaking some of the barriers in terms of utilizing freelance services? I would say to a certain extent, yes. Maybe some of the people were more, not maybe open to the idea uh, or warm to the idea of, oh, this is a type of work I have to have someone with me and work with me, or uh, it needs to be an in-person interaction, it might definitely help to be forced to work remotely. But again, I still feel there's some time that is needed to really understand the impact. But of course, we will definitely observe more closely. Down the road, I will definitely love to hear from BTG and our other partners too, what what the user experience and the habits are evolving towards. I think we're going to continue to watch demand and watch habits in the market 
and adjust accordingly. But I really appreciate your insight today, Nihat. And thank you so much for participating. Again, my guest today is Nihat Chengul, a group sourcing manager who oversees Microsoft's freelance services program. I'm Adam Zellner for BTG Insights on Demand. In upcoming episodes, we'll be talking with other experts about how independent on-demand talent can help companies face the unique challenges of these unprecedented times. Subscribe for these insights and more wherever you get your podcasts or visit businesstalentgroup.com if you'd like to start a project today. Thank you for listening and thank you, Nihat, for all your great insight. You're welcome.